Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. This week, I have a fun interview. I'm kind of experimenting with like format and content type, what I cover, when I have guests on, when I don't. And um, this summer, I just wanted to have like guests that share interests, <laughs> like last week with Emily Henry. Um, you know, Caroline Calloway was one I didn't see coming, but that was its, its own wild ride. And uh, today, I have comedian. Nikki Glazer, she's a very funny stand-up comedian, actress, podcaster, radio host, TV host, and I don't know if you guys have watched F Boy Island on Max. It's such a good show, and her like watch like her roast compilations from Comedy Central. They are funny and biting and terrifying in ways I could never deliver a roast, and I just have marveled at her uh, bravery and humor and timing and delivery for years now. And beyond all of those things, what I something I know about her from just what she shares on her personal social media and her reality show that I think was on in 2022 called Welcome Home, Nikki Glaser, is that she is a huge, I mean, huge Taylor Swift fan. And I spotted her next to us at the Eras Tour in Chicago she was with her high school friends and her mom and one of her high school friends happened to listen to the podcast and we were talking and she was so lovely, so wonderful. Her name's Laura. Hi to Laura. And um, yeah, we were able to get this set up. I was like, I would love to review Speak Now, Taylor's version with Nikki. That would be so fun. And uh, I just, I love to geek out with a fellow Swifty. And um, I actually forgot to ask her about this, but I also, I don't know, don't want to drudge it up. But there was, I think when Miss Americana came out, something happened where like in the preview for it, they showed Nikki telling a joke about Taylor Swift in the context of like, you know, kind of a, a highlight reel of like haters or naysayers or people saying things about her. I think it was in the context of something about her like being skinny, which we know she talked about her uh, history with, you know, body dysmorphia and disordered eating patterns on Miss Americana. And I remember Nikki taking to her social media to being like, oh, my God, that was such a dumb joke I made in passing. Like, I'm her biggest effing fan. And I just thought the way she handled it, she handled it really well and posted on Instagram. And Taylor responded to the post. And I, I don't know why I just thought of that. But, uh, yeah, so that I think that maybe was kind of when I first became aware that she was such a huge fan. And now, like, following her on social media, she's, like, always wearing merch always going to shows. Wait till you hear how many air stores she's been to. Um, and yeah, I just thought it would be fun to have a conversation with somebody that is well-loved amongst uh, the demo that listens to this podcast and is also happens to be a, a giant unapologetic Swifty. In my head, I wanted to review Speak Now, Taylor's version. Um, but then I have trouble. Like, I always want to have a more detailed, structured discussion about the subject matter. But then inevitably, I always end up wanting to have like a more philosophical convo <laughs> um, with whoever I'm talking to. And in this case, kind of about the importance of her music and the life stage she was in. And we talk about, um, you know, a lot of stuff related to the album. We touch on some of the, the highlights, but also talk a lot about eras and other stuff. And I just was like, oh, shoot, I got so off topic. Uh, so I'll give you some high level thoughts about Speak Down Taylor's version for my own review. If you didn't listen on Patreon, I did my like a 45 minute video of my reaction to it at midnight on patreon.com slash be there in five. It's kind of a tradition. Sorry, it's behind a paywall. It's like $2 and 95 cents, but it's kind of the fun thing because people can comment and interact. And I just love doing that with you guys. And, um, I'll share some of my speak now observations, things like we didn't necessarily cover on the Patreon, 
for like, as I usually do the first 20, 30 minutes, then we'll get to the interview. This is a long show on purpose designed to keep you company. And uh, since we ended up getting off topic from speak now, I feel like there's like a few things we should cover as we always do. But this always gets my episodes taken down, like the minor vocal changes. I actually think the the vocals on this were pretty like, I thought they were more stark for Fearless because Fearless was more twangy. Speak Now, we were moving into more experimentation. Um, but the Voltrax were interesting because I felt like when Emma Falls in Love and Timeless were so like old school debut Taylor. But then it's like, where did I can see you come from? Where did Electric Touch come from? You, I almost wonder if her label was like putting the kibosh on her styl- stylistic experimentation. And then Castles Crumble. Castles Crumbling with Haley Williams. Their voices sound so amazing in harmony, but it's very nothing new to me. It's so interesting. She was worried about that even younger than the Red Arrow when her career was like just starting. But having just won the Grammy for Fearless, you know, it's a relatable thing to always wonder if like you're only as good as the last thing you did and you'll never top yourself or you lack longevity. And what she said over the years about women needing to constantly reinvent themselves as artists and stuff like, yeah, it's just crazy. She's been thinking about this, you know, potentially fleeting nature of her career, like the entirety of her career. And I always feel I always feel like I'm just about to be over. So it's very cathartic for me personally. I did a long diatribe about Foolish One. Maybe we'll touch on it here. But just for some like sonic differences, this is someone on TikTok named Jared Germain who points out these things. And I think it's helpful. The with Speak Now, I I mean, it still is delivering. I, I like her matured vocals. I think it's cool that a, a theme of like Mean, for example, and what she wrote in the prologue was like people saying she couldn't sing. And I think this is the first time that she admitted to to openly, like as far as I can tell that she went through like very intense vocal training. And it's very evident over the years, how much her live performances have improved. And I think it's cool for her to get to redo this album. Like now it's like you were, you were the farthest thing from your castle about to crumble. You just keep improving. You keep getting better. You keep outdoing yourself. And you can hear just that her voice is so rich and full and, mature in a lot of these songs in a way that genuinely improves the track and i don't miss the old one if i'm being nitpicky i think that the thing that we miss sometimes is when the emotions are more raw and we can feel the shakiness in her voice and i do think that there are differences in the tonally in how she sings dear john now and how she sings last kiss now and we we lost a little shakiness in last kiss that's okay that's one of my favorite taylor songs of all time and as she said in her prologue she thinks it's her saddest of all time or did she say like she, dear john was like her most biting or something um and like yeah i totally agree there's so many hits on this one and uh i've also like i'm having a mean renaissance it's a song i never listened to it's always maybe a bit banjoy for me but it really is an important message especially because i have trouble to use another t-swift term checking it off when people are mean to me about my work, about my book or whatever. Like some people are just mean and like they suck and like move on, you know? <laughs> and, and I, I love it. The old version, I says, and a liar and pathetic. And, and she, the sass is like a little bit skewed in this one, but that's okay too. And we'll get to better than revenge lyric change. But these are just some quick sound bites of vocal differences that I don't think are that extreme pointed out by, um, Jared Germain on, uh, TikTok. So he plays like a snippet of the original version and then right after it, the new version. Old one. New one. 
trying to get taken down if I don't talk over a little bit just to speak now. <laughs> I'm having a renaissance with this song. I'm laughing because if you play that for most people, they'd be like, "What? why did you just play the same song twice over and over and over again? The biggest thing is the lyric change to Better Than Revenge. And... So he played some of the courses of the popular songs. I think like the most noticeable differences are on the like regular album tracks like Last Kiss. But again, like I don't I don't really care enough like to nitpick. I it's it doesn't ruin it for me. I won't listen to I won't refuse to listen to the new version. She is older and does have a more matured voice. And I think reading the prologue made me appreciate like, oh, yeah, like she wanted to work on her voice and improve. And it's great that she did. When you think of the stamina it takes for her to be singing for three plus hours so well at eras, it's like kind of remarkable, honestly. I I like the back to December new one better. Also, apparently you need to turn off audio like normalizing on Spotify, and a lot of us were hearing kind of a skewed version of it. Um, so just a heads up if you think some of the vocal versus background uh like volume level is a bit off. The most important lyric to me is like the bridge of G- Dear John. The like um emotion behind the uh, like her kind of doing the melody with her vocal ad living afterward like is a little less strong to me and like a little less painful she says fireworks slightly differently which just is an interesting observation as a super fan of the song fireworks (laughs) so i just have to get used to the new cadence with Last Kiss, I feel silly even saying it's like it's just not that big of a deal. <laughs> um, but to me, one is like more raw and it's a person processing. And one is like the maturity of retrospect, which makes sense and is special in its own way. The sun shines and it's a beautiful day. And something reminds you, you wish you had stayed. I hope the sun shines and it's a beautiful day. But like there's some things that I think are improved, like the giggle and um speak now is more pronounced and I think like super cute. Old one giggle. <laughs> I like that. It was an improvement. Anyways, this is a psychotic behavior that I don't need to be doing. Is there anything more insufferable than not allowing someone to like change and evolve? Speaking of, okay, better than revenge. So I was saying on Patreon that um, like I I feel two ways about it because better than revenge, we've talked about a lot over the years. Like it's just such a problematic song in retrospect. And she did things like already change the lyrics to picture to burn from like going tell your friends that i'm crazy and obsessive it used to be that's fine i'll tell mine that you're gay uh but now it's that's fine you won't mind if i say that was changed like a long time ago uh which was you know the right move um better than revenge just had that one lyric 
she's not a saint. She's not what you think. She's an actress, but she's better known for the things that she does on the mattress. Uh, as I've said before, it's kind of a eh, rhyme for me. And it's just like, yikes and slut shamey. And um, I don't know. When I think of Camilla Bell, I think of the criminally, critically underrated Disney Channel original movie, Rip Girls. She has great eyebrows. She was a star in the Love Bug video, my favorite Jonas Brothers song. Love that crescendo. Um, I just don't associate her really like, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't actually know what she's been up to lately um, and how much that song affected her life. But like for some reason, people knew like exactly who it was about. I don't really remember how or why um, she thinks I'm psycho because she because I like to rhyme her name with things. And the last name Bell is one of the easier things to rhyme in this world. I don't know what she was rhyming it with, but um like, you know, if any of us did that and put out like a huge song that was that snarky and going after someone specifically, like we'd feel real weird about it now. So I feel two ways. Like, I think you should be allowed to evolve, to change your mind. And if you want to do the more like productive thing, if you want to do right by the situation, you'd probably change it too. But understandably, people have an affinity for the song with how it was because it is so like harsh and specific in this way that like she doesn't have such tar- i don't know except for stuff going after scott and scooter like it's very targeted like revenge anthem like against uh, another female that she was like very proud of at the time and you can tell like she was very upset about this situation which i gather is that joe jonas actually let me dig into the archives for what this reporting was in real time i was in college i don't know if i was paying attention i was very preoccupied with the whereabouts of like L- Lindsay Lowe and the olsen twins hillary dove one of the biggest pop culture moment I remember of my senior year of college is like watching the bachelor after the final rose, when Jason Mesnick dumped Melissa Rycroft live on television for Molly Mulaney. That was crazy. (laughs) Um, I was reading an article like from a gossip site. That's like problematic. Um, I can't even believe people have these archives up, but it said the Taylor Swift was dating one of the Jonas brothers. I think whatever. They broke up. She decided not to take the discreet route and told everybody he did it over the phone in like 27 seconds, all conveniently while she's promoting her new record, Smart Girl. Yesterday, so this was January 13th, 2008. Ah, the 13th. Um, People.com reported exclusively that Joe has now moved on to Camilla Bell, some actress known for her dark eyebrows. No, for real. That's how her wiki entry begins. When Taylor found out the couple went public, she told OK Magazine that they've been together for months. That's why we broke up. Did she say that? Did she, did she used to comment directly to sources like OK Magazine? And I was kind of wondering if Camilla Bell ever said anything. And I guess in 2016, you know, Castle crumbled overnight. Uh, after Kim Kardashian, like, you know, Kim Kardashian posted about the video and all this, there's the snake emojis, the whole, you know, start of the reputation era camilla posted something that said like no need for revenge just sit back and wait or she posted that quote to her instagram so i guess that's all she's ever said on the matter oh the quote continued those who hurt you will eventually screw up themselves and if you're lucky god will let you watch country star taylor had previously dated the self-styled dj self-styled dj they're talking about joe jonas I guess, what? Before he met Camilla on set of his Jonas Brothers video, Love Bug, splitting with the blonde 
splitting with the blonde singer in, a, in an apparent 30-second phone call for the When a Stranger Calls actress. After the alleged incident, the movie star was said to be the subject of Swift's 2010 song, Better Than Revenge. Uh, so on and so forth. Yeah, and then the, the thing, the phone call was on Ellen. Um, which I'm sure she regrets ever getting into. And I think Joe commented back being like, I called someone to talk about my feelings. Like, she's the one that ended the phone call, not me. I mean, good times. The back and forth back in the day. We do, well, we're never going to get tea like that anymore. Um, but point being, it's like, I don't think, I think that that lyric was like cruel and, and slut shamey and not appropriate. But when I was 20, would I have done the same thing? Probably. In fact, I did do the same things where I thought that any guy that didn't want to be with me, the next girl he was with, like she took him from me. Like she was responsible for his shift in feelings. Like, you know, I, I very much think it's a relatable evolution to start out at a younger age, pointing fingers, blaming other women. I, I think by, you know, sometimes by nature, we don't, at least in my like, you know, heteronormative dating experience, like, there was just a culture of like chicks before dicks and not holding men accountable for their own actions and acting like if it weren't for this other girl and what she did or how she looked or how she talked to your man or flirted with him or whatever, like you'd still be together and she had the power to lure him away. When if somebody is able to be lured away, that is the problem in and of itself. And the relationship already wasn't working. Uh, are there circumstances where people do shitty things like, yeah, it's not cool when a friend goes after your man. It's not cool when, you know, I, I've had circumstances where uh, friendships have been greatly altered by me feeling a bit disrespected when somebody gets with somebody after I was hurt by them. Like, I think that's fair and that's human. I just wasn't an international pop star at the time that could put the searing comments in my moleskin notebook into a song that would be immortalized for the rest of time. So I think she had every right to change it. But I also do think that there is like a relatable arc there that many of us, and I don't mean to project this onto you, me, I started out as a slut shamer in a way that was totally unfair and misguided that call it cultural, call it millennial, call it misogyny, call it, I don't even fucking know. I, over time, through emotional maturity have understood that many of the circumstances where I blamed the women for why things didn't work out. That was completely should have a hundred percent been on the guy. And I should have never, uh, inappropriately called someone out or made them feel like they couldn't rightfully date somebody. I was no longer dating. Like, <laughs> I mean, cheating is one thing and think that I would probably not be super fond of the person, but you know, actress mattress, I get why she changed it. It's a little lo low of a blow. I, I I just was interested to see what she was going to do with it. And if she didn't change it, I thought it was kind of an opportunity to maybe like address that. Like the prologue was so long about everything else. I think if she didn't change it and wanted to kind of um, expand the conversation and explore how the way we talk about things over time has changed and the way we shift blame and point fingers and hold people accountable and blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah, it is kind of crazy that now, you know, her and, Sophie Turner, thick as thieves, turn the Joe bros are tight. I, I, and like, we have no idea where Camilla Bell is now or how much this hurt her. 
she's not, you know, she's sending Joe's baby's presents. I don't know what the, what we're, you know, Camilla nets out and all of this, but hopefully she's okay. And they've figured it out on their own. Um, and also I think what really took me back in time, I think part of my Taylor Swift musical obsession is as we've talked about her scoring, like the soundtrack to my life, because we're close in age. And when I was around this age, when speak now came out, um, I was in similar situations that I just really remember deeply, especially upon listening to songs like Foolish One. And it is it is interesting to think about her relationship reflections on this album versus Red and how much maturity there happens to like thinking about the difference between a Dear John and, and All Too Well. They're both like powerful in their own ways, but coming from slightly different angles where one is angry and resentful and like I should have known and you want it to, you want to hit him where it hurts. Um, and there's like an, an acknowledgement of youthfulness and how the, like wanting the person to know that they should have factored in your age and wanting them to like feel bad and know what they did wrong and whatever. It, shining like fireworks over your sad empty town is like the most important bridge to me ever. And something that I think about constantly whenever I'm trying to get through a situation where I just can't get past something or I'm mad at someone and, it's like the best revenge is living well, you know? Um, but whereas All Too Well is so like reflective and longing and sad and like almost like that, you know, gaslighting energy of like, it was rare. I was there. You were there. I was there. I remember it all. It's like, how how do we not remember the same things? How do we not experience the same relationship? It's it, it's All Too Well 10 minute version is has more of a bite to it, especially but I'll get older by your lover stay my age, et cetera. But the original was um, much more sad and reflective of like a relationship that really meant something that she felt mutually at the time that after the fact, she was like, what the hell happened? Dear John sounds like it was just a real imbalance from the get go. And um, we know this from would have, could have, should have. Like, it's just she looks back on it differently, I think, than she does the all too well romantic scenario. Joe Jonas is with the last kiss, which I assume it's about him. Before again, I'm so bad at not doing the paternity test. Um, that song is so sad and so perfectly encapsulates the magnitude of heartbreak at that age in a way that, like, it's such a mature song relative to a lot on the album. Um, I mean, you could argue like "Innocent" is too, but she was kind of going. Innocent has never been a favorite song of mine because she, it was almost like an obvious taking of the high road when I don't even know if she needed to at the time, but she chose to do that there with Kanye, which is interesting versus like what, you know, actress mattress. But I think that Speak Now is kind of chaotic in that it's relatable that a person that's like 18, 19, 20, you know, the cognitive dissonance of like, writing a song like why you got to be so mean but then also like writing lyrics that are deliberately mean to someone else i mean you know we've all been there we're all hypocrites uh but last kiss is just i've it's always been one of my absolute favorites and i love your handshake meeting my father i love how you walk with your hands in your pockets like that part makes me literally cry to this day and i don't even know why um i'll watch your life in pictures like i used to watch you sleep i'll feel you forget me like i used to feel you breathe um the idea of like, so I'll go sit on the floor wearing your clothes. All that I know is I don't know how to be something you miss. I think that 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 is maybe the type of tone I relate to in terms of how I always felt after breakups. Like 
My world was decimated and I was almost more invested in the relationship once it was over because I was so confused by its ending or I was never the one doing the breaking up. I was being broken up with. And the further I got into processing the breakup, the more like intensely I would feel about the person. And I would almost be like disproportionately sad and think about it as like this great love loss that I don't even know whatever was. But I'm not very good at staying mad. I'm not very good at resentment. I'm not very good at blaming people. Like I just always felt really bad for myself. And whenever I listen to last case, I am just like transported. It is time traveling for me back to my peak days in the Lonely Hearts Club where I felt strung along. I felt led on. I felt friend zoned. I felt like I didn't have a lot of relationship experience. So when I would get in relationships, I would almost misunderstand them and think they were deeper than they were when they were very surface level and not that serious for the other person, but it was all I had known. So to me, it was like this profound thing. And then when you find out it's not that to someone else, you're kind of like, what the hell? Enter foolish one. But I think you can see the stage that she wrote these songs in. Like, if you think of the stages of grief in terms of grieving a breakup, like, you know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. I think like a song like All Too Well is so raw and in real time. All too well that the version we got on the red, the original, was like kind of a denial stage of like, what? I remember it this way. Like, what's she's I just think that's a song that's kind of about this intense sadness and denial about like what you experienced versus what the other person seems to be expressing that they experienced. Um, And she was getting into the anger stage, but took out a lot of the angry lyrics that we got in the 10 minute version that kind of go after this person more directly and specifically. And then I, I think Better Than Revenge is like a perfect example of a song you would write in an anger stage. Um, and when you're angry to people like related or unrelated to the situation, you're mad at yourself, you're mad at like, you know, you just need to process that anger. Um, and then I think Last Kiss is kind of like the bargaining depression where you have some removal, you're not as angry, you're not pointing fingers, you're kind of looking inward. And you're just genuinely sad. It's not about focusing on what you may or may not have missed, why it happened, who was involved, pointing fingers, being mad. It's more about like genuinely mourning the loss of something that was special to you in a way that's more introspective than um, external. And I just feel like that the bargaining stage where like I'm looking for something to hold on to, I'm reading the artist's way i'll get religious again i'll like look into manifesting i'll start doing morning papers i'll like take up running uh you know after breakups i'd like go on the south beach diet i don't know it was a problem i read an <laughs> excerpt from my book about like how i used to process breakups um it, like my book is i don't write about it's not a memoir so i'm not like detailing the most harrowing crazy stories it's like i was trying to pick things that like were common threads for me that I know other people have probably been through too, that I specifically look back on a certain way now. And and one of the chapters, I talk a lot about being like friend zoned and led on by friends and how people want your, your emotional response to be proportionate to the length of the relationship or the um, like legitimacy of the relationship. But I was in constant situationships or friend zoning situations where People would lead me on for like years or we'd hook up on and off and we'd be like, quote unquote, best friends. And that 
me being their close friend would be like weaponized for why they can't actually date me, but they could still hook up with me. And then when it blew up in my face, when they got with somebody else, when they got with a friend, they could say their hands are clean. Why? Because we were never official. We we're never boyfriend, girlfriend. They didn't do anything wrong. And then it becomes, you look kind of crazy being like, but you led me on, but the breadcrumbs, but this, but that, but we're such close friends. How could you betray me? And it's like, you just look like you're overreacting when they can say, oh, we didn't hook up for that long or we were never official. And I just always felt like I looked crazy or like I was reading too much into things when I know what happened. And it's like, okay, if you're going to say I read too much into things, then I will print out our AOL Insta Messenger conversations and literally read into things in retrospect that I have saved because it got to the point where I was like, I'm not making this up. Like, we've been flirting. We've been talking. We've been hooking up. You've been saying things to me. And I was just like kind of an interim soft place to land because you felt emotionally safe with me as a friend, even though I was good enough to hook up with in the dark. You won't like date me in the daylight. I just I had so many of these situations that drove me absolutely crazy. And now I see them for, for exactly what they were in this kind of weaponizing of being a close friend and hooking up as like this is just something we do. Maybe we'll get together eventually. Maybe we'll, you know, get married one day, blah, blah, all this bullshit people say to you to like keep you around, keep you strung along. And then when I was listening to Foolish One, it's like, you're not the exception. You will never learn your lesson. Basically talking about this sensation of being strung along. I was like, yeah, I look back on this now and I'm like, how did I not see this? I don't know for what it was. And I have like so many thoughts on this topic. But anyway, um, I spent a lot of time in that stage of grief of like bargaining depression. And sometimes it was like really longing and fond of the person because like at the ultimately you did like love them or really care about them. And that's what last kisses for me. It's like, God, just this, the, the, this, once you get through a lot of the clutter, I mean, do with the terms of the breakup and around when speak now came out, I just, I think I had just met Greg and I remember listening to it, like worrying that would one day I'd applied it to him. But I also would listen to the song a lot and it helped me process a lot of my own feelings toward some of the things I like had left behind um, to get to that place of acceptance. It was always just like a very cleansing song for me. Um, and anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to ramble about that for so long, but uh, I think there's some relationships you look back on fondly and you were like, well, there was like real feelings there. And then I think there's some you look back on and you're like, no, that never needed to happen that person took advantage of me. That wasn't right. That will never be right. I don't look back on that fondly. And that's like the dear John would have, could have, should have. And I relate to that plight too. And I just, yeah, what a good album to speak now. I feel like I just talked for so long about absolutely nothing, but I think for me, the album, like the re-records are just as, you know, yeah, we're looking at sonic differences. Yeah. We love the vault songs, but it's also like falling back in love with the same songs you already knew and that you just don't listen to all the time. And I think most of us had a, a renaissance with Enchanted when she sung it on the Airs tour. But my God, it reminded me of how much I love Long Live. Such a special song, such an important song. And I love that she added it to tour. Uh, I think we now know it's a permanent fixture. And um, yeah, I enjoyed spending time with this album again. It's a lot of it's very, very sweet and kind of old school Taylor. I mean, the gown shaped like a pastry of it all, <laughs> you know, in mine and ours and kind of just songs I don't listen to that often, but I enjoy revisiting and then just reinforcing my love for Dear John, for Last Kiss, for Enchanted, for Sparks Fly uh, and adding new ones to my repertoire. I Can See You is such a banger. It took me a minute to like really connect with it because I was thrown off. I think I have trouble listening. I'm always focused on what it's about more than what it sounds like. 
And I don't think, I don't understand the music video's connection to it hardly at all, but it's a good song. It just sounds nothing like what she was putting out at that time. Um, and I love the people on TikTok that are like, this is 100% would be like a scene of like, you know, Serena and Dan getting ready and being at odds and like, you know, seeing each other from across the room at the kiss on the lips party or whatever, or Blair and Chuck. And I'm like, yeah, this is such Gossip Girl soundtrack energy, which is so of that time. But it's a good song and I've been listening to it as I've been cruising around. And uh, yeah, it's so fun to have the Presley, Joey King, Taylor Lautner renaissance. I mean, he literally did a full werewolf phasing almost and did like a, a flips on the stage at the Eras tour. <laughs> and he just seems like such a nice guy. And I love that he was supportive of her during that time. And I, I love that kind of the, the longevity of that, like things that don't need the evolution. She knew he was a nice guy at the time, broke up with him and felt bad about it at the time, wrote back to December. He was still supportive of her at the time and is still supportive of her now. And I think that's really special. Still team Edward, but you know, uh, I had a moment of, of heart flutter for how sweet Taylor Lautner was on stage to her. Anyway, let's get into the interview. Um, Oh, the one thing I wanted to say, um, listening back, I was, it's kind of wild to how she apologized so profusely for how many Eras tour shows she's been to. And I get what she's saying because the backlash online is rough when you go more than once. Um, cause it's such a privilege to go at all. And we know that I felt really bad about saying I was going three times because I didn't know that I'd be invited twice and I only bought the tickets for the one time. And, uh, I'm trying to like do this with travel too, especially feeling like w w the phase of life I'm in where I can barely like walk, uh, you know, nearly being full term and stuff. And I'm watching people in their summer travels and I just get like envious and jealous of like anyone doing anything I want to be doing. Um, and then I start to be like, how can they afford it? And all the, you know, the whole like spiral. And what I will say is like, I just think everyone spends their money differently. And I think that like, I liked how she explained it with where her personal life was. And she just decided that this was a thing she was going to commit to and spend money to, to like bring herself joy. And it's like, if you know, you're not, these people aren't taking tickets from the lottery away from fans at face value. She's just willing and able to pay like the insane markup, which sucks that most of us can't do that. But I also can't say I wouldn't do it if I could. So anyways, I felt kind of bad. So I know she was like, oh, I'm going to get hate for this, but um, I get it. Like, I don't know. And I've been talking to friends recently who've been going on, elaborate trips and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, I don't know. People get question me who have partners and families and different circumstances. And like, I happen to be single and support myself. And this is how I want to spend my money or I use credit card points. And it's just like everyone's situations are different. Not everyone's like, you know, some people are in debt, but not everyone's like hoarding immense generational wealth secretly in huge debt blowing all their money frivolously or just wanting to show off on social media. Like I just think everyone's different in how they want to spend their time, their money, where they find their sources of joy. And I just think we should like go a little easier on people and not be like, Oh, the privilege. Cause yes, that's true. And it's good to be honest about that. But also, um, I don't know, like I, when I was out traveling out and about, I would get so triggered by people's like pregnancy and delivery announcements. Cause like, that's what I wanted. And I was doing other things to like keep myself occupied. And I just think we all, you just never know what people are going through and who cares what they do with their time and money. So anyway, that's like a place I've been trying to get to because I'm personally like, oh, wishing I was doing all this other stuff besides like laying in bed, counting kicks. 
And I'm like, it's just not my turn. It's not my turn. I'll have my turn. I want people to enjoy their lives. <laughs> I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I'm profoundly jealous of everyone who's going to get to hear Long Live now that it's part of the tour. But anyway, just some thoughts on that because I just don't want people to be like annoyed. It's like, fine. If you want, you can spend the markup, like go for it. But trust me, I get the frustration. I just didn't want people to be like overly harsh for how many she's gone to because when I went to a third people were so mean to me and I was like ah I, I didn't buy these at face value I'm not taking these from people I was just lucky enough to be invited and I feel like you'd go too um anyway guys I'll thank one of our advertisers and we'll get into the interview hope you enjoy bye do you guys think about the line I didn't notice you walking all over my peace of mind in the shoes I gave you as a present as much as I do I don't really know what it means, but I like to buy my own shoes so no one can walk all over my peace of mind. And if I'm doing that, it's usually from Mark Fisher Footwear. I know you guys love this brand as much as I do. They've been a sponsor for a while. They're kind of the influencer shoe brand, but in the best way possible, because if I'm like, what shoes are we wearing these days, gals? I just go to their website and I know that they're on trend, but have classic enough elements where I can consistently wear them across seasons. And today specifically, I wanted to alert you to the limited time opportunity to save on brand new arrivals at the Nordstrom anniversary sale. I think we're all aware of what a big fashion event the Nordstrom anniversary sale is. It starts July 17th, but I believe early access to uh, Nordstrom card members starts July 11th. But regardless, if you shop the anniversary sale for Mark Fisher footwear, they have exclusive styles for sale. And I have a couple of them and they're so cute. One is called the Marisa Booty. Normally they're like $229. At the Nordstrom Anniversary Sale, they'll be $149.99. And there's like a square toe, a three and a quarter inch stacked heel and a one inch platform. It's like the perfect everyday booty in classic black, rich dark brown, and a perfect like medium natural brown. And it's this very soft leather that pairs so perfectly with everything from denim to dresses. And I'll show you on Instagram because they're so cute. Also, the former wannabe horse girls excited that tall boots are back. Uh, because they also are featuring at the Nordstrom anniversary sale, the Georgie tall boot normally is two sixty nine with the sale price. It's one fifty nine ninety nine, And it's like a tall boot in a buttery black or a, a cream Napa leather or like a soft suede. There's a three inch stiletto and pointy toe. And they also have something called the Varla pump. Normally one fifty after sale is eighty nine ninety nine, which is a two and a half inch block heel. It's kind of the perfect, fun, comfortable uh, stacked heel pump in red, blue, pink, nude, black suede. Anyway, I'm normally directing you to markfisherfootwear.com, which I still direct you to because that's where I find out what what we're wearing these days, but also that you can buy Mark Fisher LTD footwear at Nordstrom and you can get free shipping and free returns online, curbside pickup and returns, expedited shipping, same day delivery for selected areas, even international shipping. So to pick up your own pair of Mark Fisher LTD, Marisa booties, Georgie tall boots, Varla Pumps, go to Nordstrom near you or shop the anniversary sale online at Nordstrom.com, July 17th through August 6th. All right, everybody. I'm so excited to welcome to the Be There in Five podcast the one and only Nikki Glazer. Hi. Oh my gosh. I think I told you before that I've never felt so understood as when you said on um, your show that you almost got hit by a bus and the first person you thought of was Taylor Swift. And the best part of the delivery was, and that you'd missed the red release and you corrected yourself to say re-release. Yes, yes, yes. 
<laughs> it really is true. Like, I am a depressive person at times, and I think about not only an accidental death, but like I sometimes get so depressed. I'm like, I don't want to be around anymore. And it's um, it's such a it's such a gift to be a Swifty because I care so much that sometimes I'm like, well, I gotta stick around for her yeah. because she I know she's working and sh there's a new album minutes away um and so I'm always thinking about um I'm always, yeah it, it keeps me around it keeps me um excited about life and <laughs> and yeah I would it would be my my thought like I think my final thought would be like I should have gotten more birds or like I should have I, I always think like what would be my dying thought I'm like I should have had because like, I love birds and then also <laughs> like I hope heaven has, you know, Spotify or whatever or hell, who knows where I'm going. But um yeah, she I'm I'm so sometimes I can feel embarrassed to be a Swifty because of the looks I get from people um who just aren't and don't get it, but uh, at my core I am so grateful and um I feel so like anyone could be one. You don't, it's, it's not like a club you have to pay to get into, but I just feel so yeah. grateful that it does touch me in the way that it touches, you know, 90% of people. And I get to be so obsessed. And yeah, it's, well, it's, I mean, when you really think about how what crazy it is that this person gets us so stoked to rebuy albums we already bought to re-release songs we've already heard. <laughs> yes. It's not I, normal. It's, it's, it, it's remarkable. And it's so cute because she knows it's not. And, you know, the little speech she gives during the era show of, you know, I just did this as a passion project. This was something that I wanted to do for myself. I It didn't matter to me if it was going to be commercially or financially or whatever successful. But then you guys, you guys <laughs> decided, she says, I've seen it enough that she says that if it matters to me, it matters to you. And that is so, I'm so grateful for that. And gosh, what a cutie she is. And and that's true. If anything that matters to Taylor matters to us and certainly a re-release because how cool is it to get to hear her voice mature with these songs? And she's just become, you know, her voice has changed over the years as everyone's does, but she's worked at it, especially from her earlier albums to become a very, um, just an expert vocalist. And especially yeah. after the... Um, you know, the famous review uh, she got that's inspired Mean. I think that she hurled herself, as we found out in the prologue that she wrote to speak, now re-release, that she went into intense vocal training. So we're getting these songs, and, and we would probably hear her do them at live and, and hear the maturity on her voice, but to have them on a studio album, and uh, it's just, it's such a gift. And, and they also, I think she just toes such a great line of having them sound exactly like they did. But also there's little things about them that you go, oh, OK, she went there. It's just it's very exciting. Yeah. The prologue was its own novel for <sighs> um, Speak Now Taylor's version. It was it, it's so interesting hearing her talk about this phase in her life, because I think it's relatable, especially at that volatile age of 18, 19, 20, where everything you're doing is like in spite of somebody saying you can't or your haters or whatever. And mm. I thought this album was like so driven by heartbreak, but especially listening to like castles crumbling or like even nothing new on the red release. I'm like, how sad is it that to be that young and to be so aware of the, uh, you know, fleeting nature of your potential career and your own youth escaping. I mean, this, I, I think I didn't realize how self-aware she was of the status of her career at that time. And like, she was just getting started. 
it's kind of sad. It is so sad because she's, you know, but that's as much as I never want her to ever feel that way. I'm so grateful that she does and that she's willing to share that side of herself because I struggle with it so much. Imposter syndrome, feeling like as soon as I age, who's the next best thing that they're going to look at? Nothing new really struck a chord with me. Same. But I was like, surely she wrote this recently. Like not when she was <laughs> 21, 22, <laughs> but she did because that's when you start to feel it, you know? And um, it's, it, it's amazing to me. The most talented person in the world to me still feels insecure and maybe like, they're tricking people or that they're not as talented as people think they are. And I think, but I think she's done the work on herself and she's, she knows it now. She, cause she, she put in the work, you know, like that, that review she got sent her into like, okay, well I'm going to, I'm going to prove myself and and work even harder and be um, undeniable. And that, that is what she is on, on every level. I love, I love pulling up um, and posting videos of people being like oh you say she can't sing and then it's her like lord save me my drug and then like use it for the rest and then she hits that fucking note it's like no there's say what you want this bitch can sing and she always has been able to she's she can do anything but um thank god that she is so transparent about her struggles within her song she's very you know she won't give us a lot in interviews and um i'm someone who shares a lot speaking you know like I'm share overshare to the point where and it, it helps a lot of people the things I talk about but to she's revealing so much um poetically all the time to us and that is why we all feel so damn close to her it's so true I mean how did you feel when you're losing me came out how are you feeling about the Joe breakup <laughs> okay it was um it was a you know I'm still uh processing it. <laughs> you know like I don't know how I I I, I wouldn't was marry really me sad either. Because, a pathological people pleaser. I mean, I mean, I wasn't ready for that line. It was so self-aware, and she's telling a you know she's a perfectionist. So to let us in on this kind of character flaw that uh, you know how many of us are pathological people pleaser? I mean, it's right. it's uh, it's a lot of us. That that line was is so good. It's too good not to put in the too song, good. no matter how revealing and um, <laughs> embarrassing it may be. To re- I, I'm sure when she wrote it, she was like, "Do I want to say this about myself?" It's too that it's mm, mm, you just want to shoot pathological people pleaser who only wanted you to see her. Yeah, and then just you're losing me is um. Man, it's my it's one of my favorite songs yet because it's you know, it's like something you say to someone on the phone when mm-hmm. they're cutting out. Wait, you're losing me. And so it's uh, I love that she throws in things like that uh, revolve around technology, you know, like I shouldn't not be left to my own devices. Like these are things you wouldn't have heard maybe in an era where cell phones weren't and smartphones weren't prevalent. Whoa, I didn't um, even think about that. Yeah. Angle. I think she's spent you know, she's struggles with the phone addiction as well and then but the you're losing me and then it just and you can just hear in that song when she he's I just picture it as at first like you know you say you don't understand and I say I know you don't it's like she's breaking up with him Mm -hmm. she's like sorry babe and then it's because like you're losing me and there's almost like a chance for him to win her back when she's like you're losing me babe and then by the end of it the way she delivers the you're losing me it's like it's we're done. Like stop. Stopped. This is getting embarrassing. Yes. And 
You can just tell. I mean, I, I don't really love to speculate about what's going on, but I do uh, in her <laughs> personal life. It's none of my business, but uh, it, it also feels very personal to me. I think that this was a breakup that was hard. And um, to me, it feels like, I mean, it's seven years and so many love songs written. And we all just were, we just thought our girl was locked down and it was like ready to go. But I think that, um, and then the Maddie thing, I didn't hate. I was like, go have fun, girl. Like, p- pull up this old fling, have some fun. And now I'm really excited to who to see who she ends up with next because I'm thinking, I speculate that Taylor wants to be a mom and that possibly the person she was with was maybe not the person she wanted to do that with. And she's looking at her timeline and she's like, okay, I have enough years ahead of me to like create more albums, meet someone new, and then start maybe doing that by my late 30s. But that's just like the based on literally nothing. <laughs> that's just my speculation. Of, I was um, going to say the same thing, but my speculation really? is based off of give you my wild, give you a child. Like one yes. lyric in isolation is all I've got. <laughs> that's all we've got, but we do have it. I mean, there's, and I, uh, it's, I, I, I'm scared of when she becomes a mom because I am not planning on doing that. And it's the split I feel of our lives that I'll be mm. like, I can't relate to you anymore. <laughs> like I'll try to maybe picture my dog when she's singing about her kid or something. But um, no, I, I want whatever she wants for her, but I think she's, you know, I hate to be one of these people that's like, it's good when she's single. Cause there's going to be more boys to write about or whatever, but there will be, you know, there will be. And, and I'm excited for that. And, not that we had any lack of breakup songs that were inspired by, you know, as she said in the tiny desk thing, you know, books she was reading, movies she was watching, friends breakups. So we got a lot from that, but it's always, um, I don't, I, I'm excited to, to hear about these relationships and future songs, but you're losing me was, it said a lot. I, I'm with you. I think that like, as much as I want to rise above and, not care where she gets her inspiration from. It is fun when it's autobiographical and yeah. it just, it, you connect to it on another level. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's really cool and important, obviously not at the expense of her personal life, but like a lot of people marry the first guy they date in their twenties or the person they date for the longest in their twenties, early thirties. And like, it's an, it's really cool for her to be an example of a person who's starting over, who severed a relationship that wasn't the right fit for her, even at a precarious time when you're, Choices matter as much as your chances with fertility or whatever the hell it is. Yes. And I think it's really important that she's, I don't know, still creating art during this crossroads at her age. I think it'll help a lot of people. That's such a good point. The thing about like, it's a good example of not settling just because of the timeline you have for yourself or like, oh, I'm in my, I'm 33. I'm dating this guy. I've wasted, I've already spent. The the fallacy of sunken cost, you know, like, right. well, I've already put seven years into this. I should keep going. And I think a lot of us think that way uh, and just will stay because starting over is going to be so hard. Think of how hard it's for Taylor Swift to start over with someone new, oh God, to know. trust someone into her life. This girl can't walk from her car to a building without hundreds of people gathering I and know. swarming her. If she goes out to dinner... Uh, you know, people sneak pictures. It's it, it would be a very hard life to let someone in and trust that they're in it for the right reasons. And, you know, it's it, it's quite a gamble for her to take this chance and 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 become single again. I'm and I'm so as someone I'm 39 and I'm still in a relationship that I've been in and out of for 10 years and um, I'm still like 
scared to commit. Like I, I really relate to that and I was not happy to see her leave it, but I felt like, okay, maybe if Taylor's doing it and kind of unsure <laughs> at her age, then maybe I'm not so bad that I haven't found someone yet. Uh, oh my it gosh. made me feel good, like you said. Yeah, it's like, I, I think what's so interesting too about the revisiting the re-releases is like, you re-listen to All Too Well 10 Minute, you re-listen to Dear John, the freaking bridge of Dear John, you're like, it makes you realize how dire and intense every phase of your life is, every relationship, every breakup, and it always seems like it's the big one. You're never going to get yes. past it. And then you do. You shine like fireworks over their sad, empty town. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even Enchanted, you know, Ugh, this yeah. just cross meeting where these two people emailed each other a little bit and then they About finally met and had a flirtation. It's like even that the song that inspired that little fleeting thing of like, will this be something I kind of have a crush on this guy. It all seems so important at the time. And um, and it because it is. Um, right. Because it is. And it, it's just, you know, you always I always think about like high school kids that are like having their first relationships. And it's like, you know, there's like ninety nine point nine 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 percent chance that you will not be with this person. Right. Like for the rest of your life. So like but it doesn't matter that you know that and that those are the statistics. You still care that much. And um, yeah, would have, could have, should have just revisiting uh, the John Mayer yeah. thing. Which I also revisited in the book, Open Book, by Jessica Simpson. Same. I don't know if you've they read that. They said, like, the same things about him. Dude, it was... <laughs> if you want to hear Dear John and Would Have, Could Have, Should Have in uh, uh, prose, <laughs> in, in the written yeah. long, in, in like, set, like, probably three or four chapters of that, um, you will get exactly... You, it will confirm everything you think uh she might be trying to tell us in dear john and and would have could have should have it's that was fascinating oh to me i can't believe that didn't get more press agree jessica simpson right? talking about how uh she felt like john mayer would manufacture situations to have things to write about i thought mm -hmm. was so spooky like just to not have the posture of a creative person that can empathize and like channel around them but has to manufacture situations i was like that is so toxic and crazy and then you find out he like used to live in an apartment in New York with stained glass windows and with would have, could have, should have. And that whole religious tie in, I think, is really interesting. Oh, wow. I didn't catch yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, it was. Um, uh, she did a good job of people not going too nuts on him because I do like that. She said, like, I'm these are things I cared about back then. Right. I don't care at all about someone I dated when I'm 19, which is another just dig. Like, I don't think about this person at all. These are right. it, that that really um, that made me happy too. just even the way she yeah said that. Um, but I like that she didn't say it for Jake. Like she no. could have, okay. it's like jo OK, Taylor Lautner and Joe Jonas making it out of this re-release situation looking better than ever buys oh, their baby's yeah. presence. Yes. John Mayer, she get prefaces by saying, please don't, you know, defend me on the Internet. Jake G, when she was on like maybe Fallon, he or. I think they asked, like, has this person heard all too well? And she was like, if I'm being honest, I've never really thought about their experience. And that was that. <laughs> like, she did went out of her way to not ever defend or say anything about Jake G, which is just interesting. I think that relationship must have been bigger. Like, I, I don't think I really realized how intense that was for her until maybe the re-release came out. Because it seems so short in, like, the paparazzi time span. Yes. Yeah, it did. And it, I think it was short, but uh, that doesn't – uh, people ask me sometimes, how long was that? You know, just like p people who are kind of have an idea of who she's dated. And I'm like, 
I don't really know the timeline, but it couldn't have been more than six months. But right. it, that doesn't matter. I've had relationships matter. like that. Yeah. That if someone digs into you and and the, the love bombing, and you think they're going to be together, you're together forever, and then just change on a dime and not show up to your twenty first birthday. That moment, mm. I knew. Oh boy, oh, haven't we all had that? I'm just like, stuff. I'll never be able to recover from this. I can't forgive this. I have to end this, and I don't want to. And I still love this person, but like the writing is on the wall. Oh um, yeah. And the power imbalance. Like, I can't imagine her at that age dating like a movie star. That must have been like very surreal. Like, I, I, I don't know. That adds a layer to it. I think that. Yeah. Because she, she was on her way up. And so it, it is shiny. And like, and, and it, it, she is career oriented. And she's not, she's not a dummy. She knows that. Not that I don't think she would ever date someone to raise her status, but it's like it's intoxicating to be around that kind of person. But now she's that she there's no one more famous than she is. She's in that power position, um, which will be interesting to see who she ends up with. I, I just no. have someone just said Josh Hartnett would be good for her and he's making a comeback. And I just saw a picture of him on my Instagram and I'm like, he does look good. Maybe the, those t- I'm just like, I've I'm just seen him since like Pearl straws. Harbor. There's no, <laughs> there's no rumors. He hasn't been spotted <laughs> at a show. Um, but uh, yeah, People I'm keep speculating um, athletes. I just don't see her with an athlete. No, if she's not, ne- it's never done it before. I don't think she would break from tradition. She dates blonde British men or blonde mm. men from the United Kingdom. Calvin. Yeah. Joe. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, and Calvin, what a burn that he got no song written about him. I think <laughs> you know? I think all he got was I forgot that you existed. I know. Just, <laughs> Amazing. The only song is about how like I don't I'm not even thinking about you at all. Or just like I have a boyfriend, he's older than us. <laughs> he's in the club doing I don't know what. Just like throwaway lines. It's You're so devastating. Right. You're so right. It's almost more insulting than having, you know a 10 minute version <laughs> written about you <laughs> will have nothing truly but how great is oh my god speaking of having songs written about you when emma falls in love is my favorite vault track off speak now really um, it's i cute. cannot stop listening i can't even explore the other ones because i just stopped there and, and i can't i can't it's on repeat for me now i've already memorized it i'm completely obsessed it's written about emma stone allegedly like we yeah who, I don't think she's come out right and said it, but um, it's just, I love, I want to be friends with her so badly because I, now I'm like, I want her to write a song about when me. Nikki like, how Taylor Swift say that she wishes she were her? Sometimes I, like, I wish I was her. And it's like, oh my God, Taylor Swift wants to be me. Emma Stone <laughs> must be amazing. She must uh, be the best. A book you can't put, put down. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really sweet anthem that's like idolizing or not even idolizing, but just like talking really positively about your friend. It's um, so sweet. Th- and when Emma Falls in Love and Timeless are so like debut, fearless, oh. original Taylor. They're really cute songs. So cute. Timeless. I haven't had time to like get in there and really dissect it because there's a lot lyrically going on and references to her grandparents and her parents. Um, But it's I love the hook. I love the chorus. It's that's going to be one of my favorites. I think I have to go song by song and really get obsessed with it. Like there are still songs off prior albums that I'm like, I like that song, but I haven't like sunk my teeth into. And I had that, you know, kind of weekend romance with where I just am like hold up with it. Just it's like when you like have a, a, yeah. When you have like a weekend where you're just in bed with someone all weekend and like, you can't 
pull away from each other. Like I have that with her songs where I have to like step away because I'm like, I'm going to ruin this. It's never going to be as good as these first listens. I need to take my time. I want to draw out this like um, this limerence I'm feeling for this song because um, but that, that's what I'm, I'm in love with when Emma falls in love right now. I just can't stop listening. And, and now I'm like, that's my new goal is like, I want, I was always like, <laughs> I, w- I want to rust Taylor Swift to write a song about how great of a friend I am someday. <laughs> it will never happen because I've that's talked a, about her too a, much on it's, podcasts. It's a great but, goal. Have you right? seen a foolish one? Yes. Yes. I love that one too. That one's like, uh, that, that one's tough stuff for friend zoned America. I mean, like. It, it it's it's the delusional girls anthem that I was just like wow this is so oh, spot right. on it's it's basically like it. you're what, not the exception like you'll never learn your lesson it's kind of herself talking to herself in retrospect about someone who's just basically like stringing her along and she's being foolish and believing like she's the exception and that he'll come around and he never does and it's like oh god have we all been there oh man. <laughs> I'm gonna really relate to that one when I when I get into it because that has been me so many times. Um, People are super focused on um, I can see you. Oh yeah, what do we think that's about? Because I mean, obviously the video is about something different than what the song is <laughs> right. about. Because this was before her music was stolen from her. Yeah, the um, heist music video doesn't really match the vibe. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but I love that song, and it's someone I read last night on some you know, on the Taylor Swift subreddit, which I'm actively lurking and posting. I love that you lurk the subreddit. Oh my God. I'm obsessed. It's like my, every night I like wait till, till I'm in bed, like curled up and I'm like, it's time to go on Reddit. And I read all about the speculations and just people talking about their favorite songs or ranking songs or what do you think she could have changed about a song that would have made it worse? What about like, it's just so fun in there and it's just so positive and all the love, it but is. um, yeah, uh, I can see you. I, um, I don't know what to, I don't think I've do you have the thing where you like listen to a song and you're not like hearing what it is yeah. like you're just enjoying it um sonically and then 100%. you start I have to go look at the lyrics and go whoa 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 what's going on here and um I haven't done that with it yet um what do you what do you think it's about I think it's it kind of is it's so sonically different from the rest of the album and it's yeah so different from speak now and that it's like an early um it's an early uh example of taylor swift being like a sexual being because until Mm. we got dress like she didn't really her songs weren't very sexy and like with the exception of like give me something that'll haunt me when you're not around like that was maybe like the sexiest line she's had um and this song is very much like i can see you up against the wall with me i can see your jacket on the floor i can it's like a very lusty lusty anthem that Mm. i assume her label or whoever was like this is too spicy for gown shaped like a pastry (laughs) like (laughs) what we're doing i bet you're right like she had to I wonder why it didn't end up on this is always what I feel about the vault tracks is like how did it not just find a place on the next album I know like Mr. Perfectly Fine is such a good song how did that never end up somewhere else believe it's it's wild to me but the a funny anecdote about the dress song my sister is a school teacher and I think one of her students was talking about Taylor Swift and my sister's like, I love Taylor Swift. And they go, what's your favorite song? And my sister's favorite song is dress, but because it's so inappropriate, she was just like, um, she was like, Oh, I love, um, shake it off. Like she had to, she had to think like a more appropriate song because her students could not have handled my, my sister jamming out to dress. Um, she she had to lie. I do love that her, her discography has gotten more mature. Like there's still so many little girls at the concert 
but we can also sing fuck the patriarchy it feels like balance oh it's so cute yeah and and it's never overtly sexual in a way that even her chair dance during vigilante shit is she her dancers are going full throttle like crotch to face like (laughs) it's it's a it's a it's a show it's a yeah they're it's very sexual if you're watching them but if you watch her she she keeps like when she i've watched it so many times when she puts her hand down she stops right before her pelvic bone and she releases (laughs) it does not even get near her vaginal area and then you know when she lowers down onto the onto the seat and then plops. I think that's like the sexiest thing. I just love that. Like I'm almost there. Like, Blop, like give up. It's <laughs> yeah, so like, my good. Thighs give up. It's so hot. And she's, um, but she's always towed that line. Like, I think so many people like to, uh, I think there are people that kind of like roll their eyes when she tries to be sexual, but it's like, she is sexual, but she's fighting being dismissed for her sexuality right. too. And which we all struggle with. I know I do. I'm like a, a comic that talks a lot about sex. And I mean, there are shows I can't get booked on. There are networks that are like, we can't have you on. She's just going to be talking about pornography the whole time. And it's like, I think I can probably figure out how to not. Right. People just think once you're one thing, they just put you in a, you know, they put you in that corner and that's what you are forever. So I like that she's leaning into it more and more but yeah there's lots of things on the floor for her like that's that's a great imagery of like we're having sex is like you know she was on the floor had we boots end up on the floor the anyway kind of, yes yes <laughs> um, but i remember it. when i was first listening to um karma and it's my pennies made your crown i thought it's i was just thinking it was i wasn't listening to the lyrics yet to like what the song was about but i thought it was like my pennies made your ground and i was like oh Damn, man she's taking off the panties boyfriend. they made it to the ground i was like go taylor go and it was like no it's about i'm never scooter. gonna be able to hear karma <laughs> my panties made your ground you're so right it does sound like that it does Wait, so we first, the reason we got connected is because we were next to each other at the Eras tour. Yes. Shout out to Laura, your high school friend, right? Love yeah, her. Yeah, Laura Connor. Um, how, how many shows have you been to? Eight. Oh, <laughs> Eras shows? Yes. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack with attending eight Eras tour shows. But fortunately, Base Luggage is a sponsor of the Be There in Five podcast, so we can pack as much as we want. We've all been there trying to fit everything we think we might need for a trip only to end up with our suitcase like bursting at the seams. And with base, there's room for everything. 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend trip. Not a problem. Deciding between a few pairs of shoes, of boots, bring them all with base. Base was created by actress Shay Mitchell to make sleek and affordable bags, luggage and accessories designed to help you travel effortlessly while still looking fashionable. I know you've seen like the berry and lime suitcases and weekenders on like TikTok. I have like a whole black collection of a rollerboard suitcase, um, a regular backpack. Now I have a diaper bag backpack. I also have a weekender bag. It's my, I I bought it for touring way before they ever sponsored me. They just have the best details, which is what I'm always looking for in a product. From how smooth their 360 degree gliding wheels are, a cushioned handle that makes it comfortable to pull. Everything has a trolley sleeve so it can be stacked. Those suitcases have a built-in weight indicator, washable bags for dirty clothes interior pockets you need to keep organized and their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors the weekender is probably their best known you probably saw raquel levis uh, sporting it leaving tom's end of all house back in the day um but it has like a separate pouch at the bottom for your shoes and you can just take several pairs of shoes 
dirty shoes and then not contact the rest of your stuff. But also, I think their diaper backpack and diaper bags are insane the way they've thought of like having the ability to roll out the back and have it be like a pad so you don't place a baby on the dirty floor. You can like actually keep it on your backpack and there's like a wipe sleeve. There's so many pockets for everything you could ever need. It doesn't even look like a diaper bag, which is kind of like high on my list of things I wanted. Anyway, whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. And right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash be there in five. Go to basetravel.com slash be there in five for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash be there in five. If you want some uh, stat to add to your rage bank, did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? Like, are you kidding? Women, be- women belong in scientific research. They're essential. And Ritual knows this. They've conducted a university-led clinical trial for their essential for women 18 plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy. And that's huge because this is an unregulated category where it's not required. And the results of this were that it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. I've been taking Ritual for years. I started with their women's 18 plus multivitamin. And ever since, I guess the past two years, I've been taking their prenatal vitamin. I trust this multivitamin and appreciate it because it's made with high quality and traceable key nutrients in clean bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Their unique beadlet and oil capsule technology is even patented. It's like a clear bottle, a clear capsule, a very transparent supply chain. And I don't know, the the founder started the company while she was pregnant because she couldn't find a prenatal that with transparent ingredients that she trusted. And I just trust the effort this brand has put in to their research. Essential for Women's 18 Plus is one of the few women's multis that's USP verified, meaning what's on the labels, what's in the formula. And there's like a minty essence in every bottle to keep things fresh and make taking your multivitamin a pleasant experience. Ritual is all about hot data and stone cold facts. Get to know your nutrients on a deeper level with 20% off during your first month. Visit ritual.com slash be there in five to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. Ritual.com slash be there in five. Eight. Oh, Eris shows. <laughs> yes. I'm really sorry to every Swifty listening who has not been able to go to any. And I am, you think I'm stealing tickets from you or you think I'm privileged. I am. I don't have kids. I decided in February to not freeze my eggs, which is like us. It was going to be like $30,000 yeah. process for me because I was going to have to do it twice. And I really, this it's not connected, but it is it is kind of connected because I was going to drop a lot of money on that. And then I thought, you know what? Aristor came along and my, my boyfriend, when the dates were announced, was like, well, I'll never see you again. And I was like, I'm only going to go to like one. He was like, why? He was like, this yeah. is all I hear you talk about. Who knows when you'll get a chance to ever go see her again? You know, like the we just went through a global pandemic. One could happen again. Like he's like, you should go to every single one you can go to. I don't you you need to be you need to pursue this. And I was like him giving me permission. And he's not someone who inspires me to spend my money insanely. But I thought, you know what? I can at least take that 30 G's that I decided to not freeze my eggs it was a very fraught decision but it was one that I was like willing to kiss that $30,000 goodbye and I was like well if it's already goodbye in my head uh, and I didn't want to like go through that process let me just spend it on this so I've spent that and some more so I've I've not I didn't buy tickets any like I didn't you know get any tickets the the real way I've bought them all in StubHub for insane markups and I know most people can't afford it, and it is such a little privileged bitch thing, and I'm sorry, but I feel like 
you guys would do the same. I And I bring all my friends like this isn't something that I'm just hoarding to myself. I fly my friends in from like high school and I share the wealth and I, I um, I'm, I'm constantly feeling the need to um, defend it because it's um, it's excessive. And so who doesn't work very hard? Anyone listening is like, so do I, bitch. But <laughs> I, I do work hard. This is the number one thing in my life that I care about. I just need to go anytime I'm not on tour. I, I go to her tour and uh, and I'm obsessed. And the number eight, though. I got to tell you, Kate, it's like getting embarrassing because people who aren't Swifties, even Swifties are like, chill out, you know, but people who aren't that are like, have you been to Eras? I'm like, yeah, I've realized at at, th- at four is when people started going like, sad eyes. kind of. And I'm 39. Like, I should be like having a family and like pursuing. I don't know. I should just be writing a book or something. I don't know. I should be doing no. things with my time. But Listen. eight is uh, it's crazy. But it's just my favorite thing in the world to do, and uh, it's and it's become more fun each time. It like doesn't. It's the eighth show I went to was the best show I went to. Like it gets better every time because I I like it much like with Taylor Swift songs. Like the first time you listen to it, you're like, okay, this is good. But like it grows on you once you learn it. Once you learn every, I know what I know every transition. Yes. I know every. I can I like coach people when they're going to concerts to tell them or to the air show I coach them here's the best time to go to the bathroom here's when you need to get to the stadium here's where to set your water if you're on the floor so it doesn't get kicked over here's uh the bracelet thing and like you know I I I love I'm a creature of habit I do the same things every day the same way so I'm really enjoying um going and just knowing every little moment and I have yet to go on to a bathroom break during any of those eight shows serious damn I mean listen I don't know how I I do it I think you and I are probably both a little too online because I've been to three and I like apologize so profusely for my third. But what people don't get is I'm not hoarding. Yeah. Tickets that I got from the lottery away from fans. It's like everybody spends their money and time differently. We shouldn't trivialize our sources of joy. And you more than anyone would know this based on what I know about you that like how many times have you sat in a basement with a bunch of dudes and somebody been like impressed that somebody's been to 90 Dave Matthews shows or like a hundred right. fish concerts. Grateful Dead. I feel like this is my, <laughs> and for some yeah. reason I'm embarrassed when I talk to like men about it because it's like, oh, that's this, anything girl, teen girls are into is inherently uh, vapid and um, immature. So I, I, I feel shame that way that I like love this glittery fun night of like being just celebrating being super feminine. And then I also feel shame that I've, you know, I'm on the Taylor Swift subreddit. So I know how angry people are. There's posts daily that are like, how do you guys all feel about people going to multiple shows? And then there's like tons of hate for them. So I get if people really hate me for going to eight shows, but I'm going to a ninth soon and a 10th and 11th. I'm not going to stop. I was going to say you haven't seen long live. So you have to go back. (laughs) I saw long live. I did. You did? You were there last weekend? I went on July 7th the night. I went on speak now uh, night. I was in Kansas city. So I got to see long live for the first time. It was so good. Has she, has she added it permanently now? I think so. We'll know tonight for, for certain. Yes, um, that was an incredible night. And just having her, her present the music video, which I know she had done before at one of her shows and had everyone watch the music video, but it was just so much fun because she was so excited about it. I, you know, I'm sure people have watched, seen the video of her intro, but she's just like, guys, I can't wait to watch this with you. And it was just, it was like we were watching it with her in a living room. It was really cute and fun. And, 
Yeah, you were I, there I, for the Taylor Lautner flip. Yes, <laughs> it was. I mean, the 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 level of noise that like the hormones that were flying <laughs> through the room. He was so I, he. I've never been someone who's like Taylor Lautner. I'm team never Jacob. like been team, uh, whatever Jacob. What's his name? Jacob. And, yeah. Yeah, Team Jacob. I never, I was never Team anything, but I just never thought much of him. But boy, is he adorable! And then his little speech about Taylor I was know. so cute and really captures her essence. She is such a genuine person. I've never, I have met her once at the Red Tour, so I've only been to one Red Tour concert in eight eras. I like the all Red the Room backstage. Was, yes, and I wasn't Fine. a Swifty yet. I was just, uh, I had a show on MTV, and we got invited without even asking to go back and meet her and. I went, I saw the whole show and that night I was just like, holy shit, who is this woman? Like I was aware of her, but it just hadn't sunk in yet. Right. And, um, and then met her backstage and she was so nice. And I just remember saying to her, I can't believe you are the same person that that was like, you're just a normal, yes. like you're so, you're just right here and you're so nice. And she was just eye contact and like nodding along with what you say. Like, she's just as nice as you imagine. She's, she maybe was a, um, a people pleaser that night, but like, so am I, I really relate. I got my Enneagram done recently. I took the test and I was a three and I was just went right to the celebrities, like other celebrities. Oh, that she's are, such a three wing four. She's such a three. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she, she, but she's, a, she really is a nice person in such a, uh, she was raised, right. A grateful person, a, a thankful person. And, um, fame certainly has changed her because it, would be hard not to change anyone. It would be literally impossible for it not to. She can't go anywhere. And no. she, I, I don't envy the life that she has to to live. I've been friends with some massively famous people and you have to go to them. You know, they can't go out. They can't just right. go to CVS to go pick up some tampons. Yeah. They can send someone to go do it, but don't you like kind of shopping sometimes? I know. You know, you me, listener, like think of all the mundane things I love my level of fame. I get recognized maybe twice a week and it, it, it's it's not even like not even that sometimes, but I always want to I never want to be too famous to go to a subway and not have people go like, "Ew, why is she eating at Subway?" cuz I like Subway and I'm kind of ashamed that I do. Tell her foot long. Yes. <laughs> so I she can't go to Subway though, you know? Like and of course she has so many great things in her life because of her fame, but I um I really feel for her and I'm really impressed at her ability to still relate to the common person in her songs um even though she lives this life that so few people could ever uh, touch and she's you know she's remained people like kind of make fun of her like you know I thought I saw you at the bus stop I didn't though and it's like Taylor you don't you don't you're not looking at the bus stop you've never taken a bus you don't even Joe would never be at a bus she's not saying she actually saw him at a bus stop she's talking about like in cardigan like chasing shadows in the grocery line like when you just see things everywhere she doesn't act she's not looking at the bus stop for Joe she just is like oh that guy looks like Joe she's staring at the window so like right when she attempts to make some kind of uh, reference to something that we all experience, we call her out for it. Like, you don't know. You've never been in a grocery there's line. No, it's like, there's well, no motel yeah, she bars. She can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Motel bar. There's no motel bars. <laughs> but it's like, I don't stay at motels either. I might think that. And I'm not like, you know, most people don't stay at motels. So she's allowed to. Uh, I've just as much as she is removed from the the world that we live in or any experience that we could relate to ever. Um, I'm still so impressed with how she 
whether like through her the friends she hangs out with, through the books she reads, through the TV she watches, she is trying to capture the experience of the common uh, girl and and boy, and uh, yeah. and does a great job of it. It's she's she's just the best. I love her so much. I love the speech she kind of like changes up at eras where she's like, yeah, during the pandemic, I was just like a millennial woman drinking wine, putting hand sanitizer on groceries, watching too much TV. <laughs> Yeah, I like, I like these moments that connect us. What What is your like favorite part of um, eras? You know, like the kids say, like altered your brain chemistry. Yeah, um, <laughs> hands down, um, the illicit affairs transition after oh my August. God, who saw is, that coming? So dude, good because I, I already love that song so much, um, and the bridge is probably one of the best parts of the song. But for her to extend it and then to you know, any any moment in eras where she takes a note and kind of changes it, yes. we have it like, um, uh, you know, the greatest films of all time are over. Or she goes, oh, oh. I uh, forget how she does oh, it, but um, she does something uh, during the one. Take her home. And take her home. And everyone yeah. goes, whoa. I was at eras with one of my friends and they go, what just happened? I go, she changed one note. Nothing and everything. <laughs> yeah, right. And every, the place fucking went bananas. And You're um, so right. And then, yeah, so in Illicit Affairs, when she's like, uh, don't call me kid, don't call me baby. And like, and then she's she falls Ugh. to the ground and she's doing that thing with her hands where she's like, uh, that is, oh, that's so good. And then uh, anytime she falls to the ground, so during, um, you know, My Tears Ricochet, uh, yes. when she walks to the end and then she falls to her knees and is r- kind of writhing around singing any any time where it gets that emotional. And then also during August when she's like, which she's kind of like, you've seen the dances on TikTok where she's just like using her dress and kind of like feeling the music. And then when she runs back when we were still, I have yet to sit on that. My goal is to get on the corner that she runs to during August. I've yet to be on the right or stage left of the show. Um, I also am obsessed with the screens during uh, Midnight's, especially Lavender Haze, where she's laying across oh, yeah. uh, the screen behind her. It's this beautiful, like, horizontal. She's laying on these, like, you know, in lavender, and then it flips around. Um, I also love, um, God, what else? It's just all so good. I, I, You know what? I was not a fan of Tolerate It. It was not, it's not, like, I didn't like that song. Let's be honest. I'm a Swifty, so she there's right. nothing she does no, that I, I don't enjoy. It's a tough. But one. tolerate it was just a song that I wasn't like obsessed with. Um, and then that's what I found that going to the shows is that I've become obsessed with these new songs that I was like didn't think much of before. And tolerated is one of those. But again, when she falls to her knees on the table yep. and she that she does the dagger move and she's like she removes it take this dagger and remove it and like gain the weight of you and lose it and she like raises <laughs> up i really like her um interpretive dancing whenever she works that into it and then marjorie is also was one of my favorite songs i can't believe she chose it for the show because i don't Damn. think it was you know it's not like a top song for uh, uh, everyone because it's just um it's it's sad and but i love that everyone takes out their phones and gets to sway it's and cute. and has the flashlight. What about you? What what are what are some of your highlights? I get such a kick out. Of, I'm not a kick. I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way, but like it is nuts to hear 60,000 people be like, what die didn't stay dead. I'm like, this is so sad. Oh, I <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> it's yes, it is. And I thought it was a little much when there was like a 
group of Swifties who printed up pictures of her grandmother to like was, hold up. Everyone's like trying to make her cry. I'm like, I, I wouldn't be well if I was her. I don't. You can. The cool part is the grandmother's opera voice is playing in the stadium. Oh, I think that's, that's what makes Taylor misty. But yeah, yes. the first. I don't know. I, I wish I, I like if I could redo things I would go to night one Glendale because I can't imagine what that would have been like to not know what was coming I was watching like some kid named Alex's live on TikTok and when she started the Evermore set I was like no fucking way because she didn't really do much with that album at all and when I heard Tis the Damn Season I was like no way I couldn't believe it either the what and I love that she addressed that you guys thought I didn't care about I this know. album. I love this album. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tis the Damn Se- Season was probably my favorite song off Evermore initially. So it was, and I was at the time it came out, I was living at my parents' house and I was getting back with my ex-boyfriend from my hometown. Oh so my God. It was really, that one always uh, just uh, hits, d- hits different. It's different. Um, and uh, I will say I have never once, I've seen eight shows, so I've seen, seen 16 secret songs not once have I gotten even close to the uh, song that I would want for the secret song. Yeah, I was going like, to ask, have what's not... your dream? <laughs> well, my dream was, I really love The Best Day. I think it's like the sweetest oh. song ever. But of course, she sang it on Mother's Day. Yeah. I should have seen that coming. But uh, I'm trying to think of what I really was wanting. She's she's pretty much done all of the, uh, Dorothea I really was wanting. And I, I, I miss them all by a night. So I've stopped being... I've stopped having that part of the show where I'm like holding my chest and I'm just like, what's it going to be? I just like lower expectations because I also, the first um, one I went to was in, I think Dallas or Houston and she played the lucky one for the secret song. And I had never given that song a shot. It was always just a skip for me for whatever reason. Yeah. It's it's a pretty sad song. It's so good. Yeah. And now because I saw it for the first time and really heard it for the first time, I'm using these times now as a way because she's always going to play a song that I would not want for the secret song. I've just, I know that now. And now I'm using it as a way of like, this is my first time letting this song in my soul. And I'm always going to remember this moment, which she says at the beginning of the eras, she says, I hope that tonight when you hear these songs again, you think about the memories we made tonight. And it's really cool to have some of those songs be the first time I heard them. When Emma Falls in Love is now my favorite song. I heard that for the first time, really. I mean, it come out that day. Well, I didn't. It, it wasn't my favorite song then. Oh, it was like, yeah. I think back like, and now the lucky one's my favorite song. And I heard it really for the first time there, but I'll always be, I'll always remember it as like the, cause I always remember the first time I hear certain Taylor Swift songs and they really like get into my, and, and oh, I yeah. th- make that in first impression. So I have, I have that memory of being at the concert. And um, even um, last weekend she played uh, never, uh, never grow up. I think that's the one. Is that the, it's off speak now. Wait. Yeah, yeah. On, let me make yeah, sure. that's yes. Like yeah, the- never grow up. And sh- it was, um, and I was with my sister who has three kids, Aww. and I was with my f- uh, other friends who are like trying for babies right now, and it really means a lot to them. And and I, we're all listening, and it was the first time I had uh, also let that one in, and I turned at the end of it, and my friends are all sobbing. And my oh, friends aren't diehard Swifties by any <laughs> means, but they. They were converted in that moment, you know, and 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 crying. And they they had they had just said to like, should we go to the bathroom? Like we're like they were kind of distracted at this moment. And then all of a sudden she sings a song and she hooked them. And it was oh yeah, it's really cool to get to see that happen with my friends. I've I've converted so many of my friends into being um, Swifties, which has been one of my favorite things about being a Swiftie is uh, creating playlists for people who think that oh no all I listen to is heavy metal I could never let this in and and getting them on board and then um 
and also bringing them to eras and having them see how goddamn talented this person is. Oh, yeah. Uh, the evangelism's half the fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I find myself raising my hand in the air like I am not one of those people, but just like reaching out. And I've I've been so close. I've sat. I've been front row. I've been third row. I've been ninth row. I've been up in a box. I've been all over the stadium at this point. And um, and I have to say, if you're buying tickets to eras, I would say the best is always it's going to front row is always very fun, but it's almost too close sometimes. And so unless mm. she's right in front of you, you're kind of missing out on a lot that's happening because the stage is so high. So you can't really see yeah. over it. I really think the best that I've had is ninth row. But then I would even go up if you uh, getting getting a little elevation, you know, even in the, the not on the floor. Yeah, is is kind of the best part. Last but not least, I want to thank ZocDoc. Have you ever been on the hunt for a new doctor and you ask literally everyone, you know, for their recommendation? I'm always looking for a doctor that actually like gets me, listens to me, makes me feel comfortable, like I don't know, has availability, takes my insurance. And ZocDoc is so convenient. It's a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. There are thousands of top rated, patient reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat almost any condition you're searching for. I think best of all, they have patient verified reviews. I don't know. I get too much health information from like TikTok and Reddit, and I should just get it from a licensed professional. And you can read Reviews kind of by category to understand their bedside manner, their their wait time, the quality of care. You can book them immediately with just a few taps. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. If you're anything like me and get a bit of white coat anxiety, avoid doctors, avoid making the appointments and kind of all of the minutia that goes into actually getting yourself there. I highly recommend you go to ZocDoc.com slash be there in five and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash be there in five. ZocDoc.com slash be there in five. I, I want to do floor and I want to be able to physically see her because I feel like I've not yet had a seat where I've watched her. Like I'm always so far that I'm watching a screen. screen. Yeah. And the screens do a great job. So if you don't ever get a chance to do the floor, most of the time, even on the floor, I'm watching the screen because she's at different places. But it is so special when you can see the hair on her arms. Like it's so <laughs> and you're like, she's a person right in front of me. I mean, it's mind blowing. I, I it's still I'm still like I can't even talk whenever she comes over to the section where I have been front row and you just see her and you if she if you were just in a room together or like you could just go Taylor and she would hear you 100 percent right. like you go, oh, my God, like if you were just waving at her, she would see there's. There's no, she's there. She's right there. She's a real person. She's so beautiful. She's, um, it's, and you can almost hear her voice like before it hits the microphone. Like you're, it's, it's, a, it's really a, a wild experience and I black out for all of them. And then I, and it's really hard to decide whether to film or not film. So I would, I would teach the person that you're with to film because what <laughs> you want, if you do happen to have a floor seat, and I know this is just talking to a, a very select few. Get the person you're with who cares less about her than you do to film you and her in the same moment. So to kind of back up a little bit totally. and film her and make sure if you're filming at these concerts, I watched one TikTok and it has saved me so much. Press on the screen when you're filming, yes. tap it and Drag pull it the little sun thing down because it makes such a better video than if you don't do that. Um, but there has been so many times where I'm holding my phone and she comes up and I'm and I have her perfectly in the screen, perfectly zoomed in. And then I like get too excited and I kind of move. And like the moment where I think she might have been looking at me, I don't even capture because I was just like scared. And also I have her same phone case. I bought it. Like I buy everything from Taylor Swift styled that ever I can afford. Love her. So I have yes. 
tons of things, including this phone case. Um, and I was thinking like, oh my God, if I were her, I'd be like, is that my phone case? (laughs) I was like, I'm, and I never want to distract her when she's over either. I'm never like me because like if I were singing, I, as a performer, I know when I'm like in a joke and I'm looking at people like you can get distracted by something they're doing. If they're holding a sign or if they're like mouthing something to you, you get thrown off. So I'm just always like trying to sing the lyrics perfectly. So if she looks at me, she is she knows the lyrics like I'm I'm always trying not to um distract her when she comes over I kind of get small and I'm just like "Eh, don't make this about me but please look at me and she's never looked at me I don't think I think she does the same thing I do on stage which is you look like you kind of blur your eyes yeah you like look between people because it's too much to make eye contact and it can be very distracting but I could be wrong if I ever meet her that will be a question I ask her is what she does in terms of eye contact with with people I've been wondering that because there's a few moments where she like will be like I love your outfit or she like recently recognized the uh, actress from the summer I turned pretty which uses all of her songs Ah. and she was like I love you guys and I'm like like during a song and I'm like wow She's really She's able so- to not break, but wait. So when is it? What's your next show coming up? I don't have one, but there is possibly um, uh, an L.A. Because I'm yeah, in L.A. LA right now for good. a stint. And so I might be going to one of the L.A. shows. I'm still trying to figure it out. And if it gets I'm my schedule is like up in the air for shooting this thing I'm doing. And so I'm like. If I'm able to L.A. and then I think like I'll, I'm just going to move to Singapore and go to all of those. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Might as well. <laughs> I just love it so much. And it's um, and I just love bringing people with me. I brought my mom with me to three shows now and she was not she was new Taylor Swift from me. I was living at home during the pandemic. So I was very immersed in Taylor during that time with folklore and evermore and everything. And so. Um, my mom always kind of rolled her eyes about my obsession, but my, my mom is now like a certified Swifty and gets it and has converted and much to my dad's chagrin because my dad is a little, he's a, he's obsessed with the Beatles. And so he's kind of having a hard time accepting that there's someone who's bigger, is bigger than the Beatles and (laughs) and will in history go down as bigger than the Beatles. And recently Ringo Starr said Taylor Swift's the biggest star in the world and I sent him that being like even one of the Beatles is giving (laughs) is giving up the title to her um so it's uh my mom is now um she I've flown her it's just been a special thing to share with people and but here's here's what I will say to people that are not gonna be able to go to eras and and feel completely like they're missing out and so upset about it or uh, all the things I would feel if I couldn't go let me just tell you I have been to Two or three, I think three sing-alongs, Taylor Swift sing-alongs, where mm-hmm. it's just you go to a bar, you pay 20 bucks for a ticket, and you go and you sing, and they have, you know, the projection screen. Have you been to one of those, Kate? Yeah, I used to, uh, like, right after the pandemic, I hosted, like, I would do them after my live shows. You could just, like, three, yeah. we would do two, three hours after, and we'd play, like, the bangers you're never going to hear in a bar, like Last Kiss. Yes! Mm-hmm. It's, I'm, I'm, this is no shade to Taylor, Allison Swift. I am not kidding you. I have honestly had equally, if not a better time at sing-alongs. And let me just tell you, and and that's not no shade on Evermore or or on, on Eras tour. The only reason I say that is because when you're at Eras tour, you are focused on Taylor. You can't take your eyes off her. You need to watch her every second because you just need to soak in Taylor. She's right. She's in the same room as you, which is so special in and of itself. But what you don't have as much is the interaction with other Swifties singing together. Like you're kind of, 
you you just feel like you are missing out if you look to your left or look to your right. And it becomes less about you and your experience and more about just watching her. And I got to say, like, I miss that part of it. When I've been to the sing-alongs, I thought, oh, this will be, I this is just preparing me for Era's tour. But it wasn't because I've, of course, I've had interactions with the people next to me and we've had those moments. But I've only been able to have those after I've been to eight shows. And I'm like, okay, I've seen this enough. Like, I can now right. take a break and, like, look at my friend next to me. So... I would just encourage people to keep going to sing-alongs to get that vibe because it is truly just as fun. I've had just as much fun. And that is, again, no shade to Taylor and the show she puts on. It's just a different experience. Yeah. But it is it is just as fun going to sing-alongs. Do not deny yourself uh, the, the most fun that you can have without going to Eras, which is a sing-along. And it is not like even of it's not a fraction of the fun you'll have at Eras. It is just as fun because you are there with diehard Swifties and you are singing and you are interacting and you are getting to perform. For me, right. I like imagining myself as Taylor Swift because I am a three and I am a performer. So I like performing and a lot of these um I don't know if you did at your sing along but they have you go up on stage and you get to like and people are watching you and they like, you know, rotate girls off stage and you get to like be, perform a little bit. So I just would really encourage every Swifty listening to find those in your area and go and have the best night of your life because they are so much fun. And I will continue to go to those. And um, and I hosted them also during the pandemic. I would do Zoom sing-alongs and, and dance-a-thons. Oh, you and did? That's awesome. It's so fun. And it's just, it's such a, such a special thing to share with um with other people. I'm so grateful to be in a community of people that just get it. Like there was this guy on this job I was doing the other day and he had an anti-hero shirt on and I just saw him from afar and I was like, we must chat. And then I beelined over to him and he's been to like six era shows, which is the most I've heard That's next amazing. to me. And I'm like, you watch your back. I'm, I'm in the lead <laughs> No, Uh, and we just, the, the shorthand we had and the immediate connection and the friendship we were able to make based on that, um, just got us to just such an intimate place right away. And it's, yeah. it's just, it's, it's so great. So anyone listening, anyone who's gotten this far in the podcast is definitely a diehard. And I just want to take a second to say how fucking lucky we are and like bask in that, that we get it. And other people don't not the many, but ones. some people don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. And I, I completely agree. The sing-alongs are a religious experience in and of them in and of themselves. Uh, it's just, it's fun to, it's profound to be understood. It, it's nice to just be like in a bar setting, but deeply unselfconscious, which is a departure from how I normally feel in a yes. being surveilled in a bar setting. Wow. Yes. That's a good point, Kate. It's very like, empowering. It is. And, and, and the anxiety that goes along with going to eras also a lot of my friends I've noticed have worry so much about their outfits and, um, yeah, what if I don't it doesn't know really matter. Lyrics? Will other people care? No one cares. Maybe they, there's some Swifties who are like so diehard that if you are like sitting so close and you don't know the lyrics, they're going to judge you. All I know is Taylor doesn't care. Doesn't She's just care. happier there. She just wants you to know the bridge to Cruel Summer. That's all she asks of you <laughs> during the whole she... <laughs> show. That's literally all she that asks. That is her only call to action. <laughs> so that's all you need to learn if you're someone who's not, you know, that big of a, a fan yet. That's all you need to learn. And she will be happy that you're there and um, and your outfit. It's just such a great time to it's like, time. you get to dress like however you want. And everyone's so positive. And also no one's judging your outfit if you don't put a lot of effort in because everyone's so obsessed with their own outfit that they're worried yep, about themselves. Precisely. It's like, 
don't worry about like, oh, my outfit's not good enough. No one's really looking at it. They're all worried about themselves. <laughs> People so are true. have so much anxiety and, and um, emotion wrapped up into what they're wearing. So they're not like judging yours. Um, it's just a, it's a night of, to be free to express yourself and to be however you want. And it's, it's so much fun. And Do people um, give you friendship yeah. bracelets when they spot you. Yeah. I've gotten a couple. <laughs> it's I, um, always fun. It is. I need to make some, but I, I, I haven't yet because I never have any to exchange because the ones I've been given, I want to hold on to so much, but yeah, I, I usually am wearing them every day. I've gotten, uh, like four so far and I'm always like I have nothing to give and they're like it's okay and it's um yeah those are so cute everyone's just so nice there too everyone's in the best mood it's just you forget that the world is heating up every day and that (laughs) we truly (laughs) our futures are not really guaranteed and you just you forget about every problem that you might have it's really the it's just the greatest night for you know three plus hours and it just keeps getting longer and longer (laughs) It does. You'll have time on your flight to Singapore to string some bracelets. I have no doubt. Oh, that's <laughs> that's what I'll do there. <laughs> perfect. Well, we already went over. You're so nice to give me more time. People oh my God, will love thank this. you. I'm sorry. It's so fun to geek out with the Swifty. It's People so just, fun. I could talk about her all like all day, every day. There's just so much lore, so much to her catalog. Eras is like beyond and don't feel bad. I think it's a great I, I, I appreciate you sharing with the egg freezing, too, because I think our sources of joy, like we should celebrate. And I love that you're doing this for yourself. Thank you. I I, I am, too. And I will continue to do it. And I, but I will continue to apologize because I know there are people listening that are <laughs> you're like too deep in the subreddit. <laughs> and girl, I I would not be feeling me either. So I relate to anyone who's like kind of, you know, resentful of me right now. Uh, I would feel the same way, too. So um, but uh, yeah, I really, I really love talking to you about Taylor. Thank you so much for having me. Of on. course. Where can people? I mean, people know where to find you. I'm sure, but anything. Well, anything if you, you want to hear, on? yeah, I am rambling about Taylor Swift all the time on my podcast daily, or uh, it used to be daily. I do it twice a week now. Okay. Um, uh, it's called the Nikki Glazer Podcast, and you can just jump in at any time. It's not one that you need to like go back, comb through, and like to learn all the things. And it's just me and my friends talking. And it's just uh, fun and loose. And that's called the Nikki Glazer Podcast. And then I'm on tour all over the place doing my stand-up. And you can get tour dates, uh, the list of tour dates at NikkiGlazer.com. But those are ramping up in the fall. And I would love for people to come see me. It's a fun show. Amazing. I'm going to come in Chicago. Oh, great. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, just message me. I'll get you tickets. You don't. Everyone else has to pay, but you don't. Oh, my gosh. Look at me. <laughs> I'm like the Nikki Glaser at Aristore of Nikki, yeah. at a Nikki Glaser show. <laughs> I'll hook you up. <laughs> there, it won't be a box seat because they don't have those there. But, um, yeah, you'll be on the floor. Um, I'll, I can't wait to see you there. Oh, my gosh. It'll be fun. Something to look forward to. Well, you're the best. Everyone check out Thanks, Nikki's pod and tour. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to reconvene next time. Next time something happens. Next tour. Yeah, I would love to. Anytime. Thanks for listening, guys. I thought that was a fun convo. Um, she's like just such a super fan. And I love talking with fellow super fans. And uh, if you want to see my like initial reaction to listening to Speak Now Taylor's version in real time. And my long diatribe about foolish one. <laughs> uh, go to patreon.com slash be there in five. It's like a 45 minute video. It's a tradition we have around these parts. It's like one of my favorite things to do because I didn't I didn't feel like release day was as big this time. But I still I don't know. I love consuming it with you guys and uh i kind of forgot how great of an album this was so if you want more detail on the album specifically which i always get off topic on the interview 
I talked about errors more than I intended to. Um, yeah, go to patreon.com slash be there in five and come back next week. There's plenty of fun stuff coming up and I'm going to work through power through my maternity leave whenever the hell that happens. So you'll still have new episodes every week. And I'm just grateful for you guys sticking around. If this is your first of my Taylor Swift pods, I did one with Taylor Swift styled um, called In My Era's Era in like March that you might like where I offer up my god awful, wildly incorrect predictions, <laughs> among other things. So be sure to check that out. And last week we did an interview with um, Emily Henry author of Happy Place and Beach Read and People We Meet on Vacation and books, Book Lovers. And it was truly one of my favorite conversations ever because she's such a tried and true millennial. And I just, I love her books and I love chatting with her. And I'm just kind of experimenting with format, with interviews, with people I'm interviewing, with content. So yeah, I appreciate you guys being open to some experimentation before I head into this next phase of my life. And uh, I'll hopefully catch you next week. Thanks to our sponsors, Base Travel, Ritual, Mark Fisher Footwear, check out their Nordstrom anniversary sale, ZocDoc. And as always, let me know your thoughts and I'll let you know mine. I'll be there in five, I swear.